who don't know me yet, my name is Mo. Uh, full name is Alvaro Suwaga, just in case you see it somewhere, so Mo is a little bit easier. Um, I'm going to start really quick, um, just telling you a little bit about myself. So you, you have an idea, I've been in the industry about 20 years, maybe a little more. Right here is starting to come in. Uh, I've done all kinds of projects on the remediation side, on the assessment side. Everything from residential to large-scale hotels, uh, a little bit of everything. And one of the things that we truly believe in is that if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Very simple. If you don't have systems in your business, if you don't have a way to do things where you've thought it through and that works specifically for your business and to your processes, you're going to have issues. You're going to run into a lot of variables that your team's not going to know how to handle. So one of the things that we've done in Normie is we've created the 33 steps of success. And this has been, this is a kind of a living document that kind of, you know, gets modified time to time as the industry changes and things, we find out new things. But my, uh, my suggestion to you is that you guys grab this document and you turn it into your own language, into your own company language. How would you do things and incorporate these steps and understand that's what we're gonna be doing today. We're gonna talk about these steps. We're gonna apply those towards the, the hands-on part of doing uh, containment, the delivery remediation. And the, the whole concept of it is we need to understand why we do each step. When we teach our classes, that's our main focus. It's understanding why we do the things that we do because if you don't understand the why, you can't adjust to the variables that you're gonna find in the field. And that's, that's a big problem. Better? I hope so. Thank you very much. All right, so this first part sometimes does seem a little bit uh, tedious in the sense that we're going to read it. But I think it's very important that we really take our time to talk about uh, these pieces. But we're going to go, we're going to try to be really, really efficient through it. So number one, mold assessment following normal professional practices should be conducted by a qualified professional. That would be a licensed professional, right? In the state of Florida, other states could be a little bit different, but here in Florida would be a licensed professional. So we've got to make sure that whatever local qualifications are needed are actually met. Assessor certified uh, mold assessor, IEP, industrial hygienist, they should be considered the architects of the project. One of the things that we need to understand as remediators is that our assessor is the person at the end of the day that's going to decide is this project going to be a go or a no-go, all right? So what, they're, what they put into that protocol is incredibly important. The protocol has a lot more power in this industry than we, we sometimes think about. Professional practices. So the assessor in turn is really writing two reports. The mold assessment report, which states here's what we found and here's our recommendations. Here's why we visited, right? That is basically the information of why we went, what we found, what we recommended. Then we have the protocol which states, which is basically the scope of work, here's what needs to be done and here's how it needs to be done. The clearer the scope of work, the better. So understanding what a protocol should look like is incredibly important. And unfortunately, that's not as common in the industry as it should be. A lot of people see very generic protocols instead of going to say, this is what it should like, here's what I should demand to be able to see the protocol so then my team knows exactly what needs to be done in the remediation to make it successful. It ranges all the way from that, somebody just having a reaction to that environment, or sick building syndrome. Not about the building typically, but sometimes it is. All the way from, from that to spiraling down to multiple chemical sensitivities. People that can't even go out of their house because they're sensitive to virtually everything that's going on in the environment. Somewhere between 6 and 7% of the population was what would be considered environmentally sensitive. That's someone who has trouble living in an environment. And that's right. 
So that's the industry that I came out of. And when we started training in 90 or in 2004, it was obvious that there seemed to be, to me anyway, a little bit of a hole in the industry, in the restoration industry. And it had to do, I think, with this idea of treating the house holistically. We talked a little bit about that a few minutes ago. Uh, we want to look at the house holistically. We want to look for systemic issues. It's not about finding mold in a bedroom and fixing the problem in the bedroom and forgetting about how it might be affecting the rest of the house. Because we're in the indoor air quality industry. That's what we do. And in the quality industry, we're also dealing with people's health. We're not healthcare professionals, but we're certainly dealing with their health. And we say all the time in our classes, uh, we fix buildings, not people. We're not in the, in the business to fix problems for them, and we don't even know if the problems will help them. But that segment of the population, those people who are environmentally sensitive, when we got into the industry years ago, you probably remember the Ballard case, one of the big cases of the Stachybotrys problem in, in Texas. At that point, hardly anybody knew what mycotoxins were. Nobody really talked about mold issues. Um, we show a video in our are a lot more effective in terms of air exchanges and moving the air in the environment. But look what we've done. We've added to that the benefit of air purification. So now we're not ionizing the air right here. We're ionizing the air down the road 40 feet, 50 feet. You see how that could be a lot more effective in terms of speeding up that air scrubbing process? It's a very simple device, it's passive. Obviously it's operating based on the, the fan of the air filtration device. And so there's really nothing to it except just plugging it in and connecting it with lay flat. And I think we have time to do that. So I'll let, uh, I'll let my colleagues show you how this works. That's a good idea, thank you. Uh, I have it in my back pocket. First of all, while they're doing that, does anybody have any questions about this, about the hydroxyl process, photocatalytic oxidation process? This, that's a great question, and you can do a lot of different things with it. One of the cool things about this, this concept is that you can run it uh, out 44, 40 feet or whatever. You can put slits on the top. You can put slits on the bottom if you wanted to. So it's moving air up to the floor. Uh, you can hang the lay flat up high, which is the way Michael likes to do it. You can hang it up high and have it come down into the environment. A lot of ways to do it. And I think the cool thing about it is that it's, it's incredibly effective and it's not going to make any noise. The only noise that you're going to get is the noise from the air filtration device, typically what you would get. You got that? You need some help. Caulking, paint, anything. There is a critical rule that you must follow. It's called surface prep. If you don't prep the surface, you will not adhere to that surface. You will adhere to the dirt, the grime, the grease on that surface. I bet you most of you have heard from one of your technicians, oh, that tape doesn't work. It won't stick to that wall. It'll stick to that wall. I promise you it'll stick to that wall. It's just, if you'll notice, the closer you get to the kitchen, 
the less the tape stays. And there's a reason for that, right? There's going to be grease. There's going to be there's a lot of things that you can use to clean that wall. You just make sure it's something that doesn't leave a residue behind. All right, but make sure you clean that wall. There are a lot of different ways to create uh, doors. We're going to talk about zippers really quick. We're going to talk about something specific, something that's come out in the in the recent years that we we actually love. This company also out of California. Some young guys reuse it. Met these guys at a conference about two years ago. Make a long story short. They asked me to take a look at their product, and I said, that depends. It says, are you going to listen to us? And by us, I mean the industry. Not me, not Normie. The guys, are you going to listen to the people that work, and when they tell you something, are you going to correct it and fix it and, and pay attention to the industry? And they said, yes. Great. I'll, do, I'll be on the beach at 7. I want a margarita. And I like that. Absolutely. great product. So I left. Just like that, at 7 o'clock, they showed up. Now I had my own margarita, I didn't buy me a margarita, but the whole point is I wanted to see whether they listened and cared enough to do it, and they did. They showed up, and I looked at their product, and I said, listen, before we move forward, there's a very simple thing that I need you to fix. It says, I can't lock your zipper. That's a problem for me, and that's a problem for everybody in the industry. I need you to fix it. So, and we talked about ideas, and within a week, we had the simplest, yet best advancement in zippers that exist. Today, which is we have a grommet where we can actually lock our zipper and our homeowner can't easily get into it. Now we all know that the terms are the best thing that exists to prevent homeowner. Now these are reusable zippers, reusable zippers. So you get to use the zipper, which is the costliest part, and the part that you end up buying is the backing, and the backing is pretty inexpensive. So in the long run, you probably save about 40% on cost on zippers, which is pretty strong. You start sticking. That's always the key. You're going to pre-measure. You're going to decide we're going to do a straight, just a straight door. They have different types. They have for a T door as well. So they have for uh, a wide door. They have a plastic clear door that's been approved for clinics. They have all kinds of different products, but these are one of their main products that I really like. Let's just keep it a straight line. I, I really want to show the simplicity of it. One of the other changes that they did, for those of you, once, once we get done, you'll be able to take a look at it. The backing itself, you grab another backing. I said, listen, I can't draw a straight line to save my life, and neither can my guys. So what I need is I need you to give me a guide. This is what they came up with. They just took a little bit of material out of the middle, and they created a guide where you're going to cut. And it made it really, really simple. Absolutely. And I will talk about any company that listens to the industry and does a good product. And these guys do both of these things. Both, both of these things. So the other simplicity thing about this, if you've used some of the other zippers in the, in the industry, you have to use special cutters, et cetera, to be able to cut it so there's not leftover material where the zipper's not gonna get cut. Mm -hmm. With this zipper, because it has 100% adhesive, you do not run into that problem. Once they taped it, which this should be done here in a second or two, for our first volunteer. Thank you very much. So once you take it, you can just grab a blade or a knife and you just go down this line right here. Sharpen this knife a little bit. And one of the things sometimes that I do is when I get towards the bottom, I'll just go ahead and 
but I think that would make a little bit sharper. This one. Thank you very much. Pretty straightforward, right? Now, I know what you're thinking is, well, why didn't you put it in the zipper and then use the line in the middle to cut it anyway? Because you don't want to cut your zipper. This actually becomes pretty easy to install. The easiest way to install this is you open it up, have the gap right back here. I can just use my hand to make sure it goes nice and straight. Not too bad, right? Now I am not the fastest at this. I have some, some of my people can just fly right through this. But as you can see, even though I don't necessarily do this day to day because I've done it enough, I'm pretty efficient with it. And it goes down pretty quick. And I'm gonna show you some of the things that I love about this. All right, first and foremost, no snagging. And for, for those of you that have been on project after project where it snags, you, can, you know exactly how difficult that is. So that's, that's a reusable zipper. One of the other things I love about what we've done here, uh-oh, talk about surface prep. Never had done that before. Guys, should we surface prep our poly too when we're going to adhere tape? Yes, we should. Right? Not all polys make the same. Some of these have a, a fill. Never had this happen to me, but as they say, Murphy's Law. <laughs> Normally, in a project, I would pull, pull this out, clean it. We do, but because we're in a class, so we're going a little quick. <coughs> So here's a clear example we were talking about. Surface prep, surface prep, surface prep, even on the poly, is incredibly important. Second product I'm going to show you. Hey, Mo. Yes, sir. What would you wipe it with to do the surface prep on the... On this, on the poly, denatured alcohol. Yeah. That's what I would go with. That's, what, that's, that's my go-to for, for poly. If I use denatured alcoholic on a wall, I'm very careful because obviously you can, you can damage the paint. But uh, denatured alcohol is one of my go-tos. The other product you come out with is a magnetic door. And this thing, once you get used to this, it's it's thing of beauty. Right? Because obviously with the zipper, you still have to what? For us old people. Now one of the beautiful things about this again, we can do one side at a time. We don't have to try to reinvent the wheel. Absolutely. On class, I would have some of you guys volunteer to do this. This is we're trying to be a little bit more efficient. We've got a little bit more experience on it. As you can see, same thing, one side at a time, go right down. And as long as you put it even, which doesn't take too much, too much effort, 
It will close by itself as you go through it. It will just keep on closing by itself. Because of what you guys were talking about earlier, about how much negative pressure to use, guys, I can't tell you how important it is. Do not use too much negative pressure. We're going to test the technology. And of course, like I always complain about when I went to go live today, we had a Zoom update. So oh, I have a visitor stopping by. We have Larry Cooper, who is the founder of the Experience Trade Show. And that would be you up there. So you can see it. I see me. You just got to project <laughs> your voice out that way. And it's okay. So, well, first of all, thank you for having us. Oh, I love being awesome. here. Awesome. It's great to have you guys. The live demonstrations that you're doing are amazing. Everybody's loving them and really learning a lot. Well, we learned a lot about putting up wooden structures this morning and taking them down. But we have another one you can help us with after the show. I think the batteries died on our, our screw guns. But yeah, we went, uh, we did a training this morning where we actually built a structure about 30 feet long. And uh, we put up poly, we put up uh, air walls from uh, Zeppelin. And it's really cool stuff. And we, we had a full room in there. And uh, we had people that would come for 45 minute session, 20 minute session, 30 minutes. Sessions 30 minutes. rotate 30 minute sessions. So you guys did the whole yeah, morning, yeah. Nobody left, yeah. The, the group that started with us stayed there, and just more people kept coming in. So it was really a good crew and a uh, good training that we did. And tomorrow, we're doing uh, a version of that again in Spanish. So if you missed it and you're watching this now, that'll be tomorrow. So the show's great, the show's doing well. And the amazing thing about show is how many new people have never been to a show before. It's exciting to have new people because you're trying to raise the bar in the industry. And, you know, people that really understand some simple tricks and tools of the industry figure out what best practice is. I think the best way to describe it is the they're hungry. They want information. I just talked to a father and son combination that came down from Alaska. They had heard of us. And they came to find us in the booth. We don't have a big presence in Alaska yet. It's a little cold up there for me for training. But <laughs> Yeah, but they got fishing and hunting. That, that's true. That's true. <laughs> you know, but the word is out there. I mean, we recently did classes uh, for people uh, in Australia, New Zealand, South England, and, uh, and Ireland. So, uh, yeah, they all attended our remote classes that we do live down here. So it's pretty interesting. I think you need to do live South Africa. So like, well, you're, you're, you're the travel agent. So, you know, speaking of that, speaking of that, you want to mention the uh, oh, yeah. trip? We are doing an amazing journey together with Normie. Uh, that's through Restoration Journeys, and we're going to Puerto Vallarta. I was there two weeks ago doing a site visit, and I really didn't want to come It is so gorgeous there. The hotel, the rooms are great. Every room has a balcony, and the pool area is so huge, I couldn't even believe it. There's swim up bars, there's swings at the uh, bar, there's just a lot of activity. And you look at the pool right into the ocean, just steps away. So it's just a beautiful, beautiful location. We've got a class set up uh, with Doug Hoffman and Normie uh, for two days and then three days of play and relaxation. And, uh, so basically, we have a five day event all inclusive. And that's about 2100 bucks, which is an amazing price for a hotel like this with the Marriott 
uh, resort and spa, and it is right on the beach. And uh, this is in October. And now I'm going to forget the date. 22nd, I think. From 22nd to the 27th. Yeah, that's about right. I'm going to go in early and I'm going to stay late. The is just wonderful. Well, my question is the, the class is that the first two days? Well, we're going to come in the first day. We'll have a cocktail reception. Then the next two days we'll do class. I figured we would knock that out and then it'd be all relaxation. And then we're going to ask Doug to kind of shorten class, start late, finish early. Let's go out and have a cocktail reception. Just enjoy some time getting to know each other and enjoy this beautiful location. There's uh, excursions available, obviously, boat trips or going to the jungle or whatever you want to do, ATVs. Um, but we just had a great time there. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. One last question for you. Um, next experience. When's that? That is September 6th through 8th in Las Vegas, and we are at the Caesars Forum Conference Center. We'll stay in the Harris Hotel or Caesars Palace across the street. And uh, man, we have five tracks of education. Normie's going to be a big part of our show, the kind of training. And we have a lot of expert speakers coming in. It's just going to be a fun time. No question about it. Vegas is an amazing town, and I'm not a gambler, but there's so much entertainment there. I still love it. All right. Well, we uh, appreciate you spending the time being here with us. Thank you. I'll take care. See you later on. Bye-bye. Thank you. Let's see who else we got standing around here. Give me a moment. We'll check somebody down. Hey, uh, Mono. Want to say a quick hello? <laughs> we have one of our senior trainers here, uh, Mo. Most most of you know him as Mo, but I'll let him tell you real quick about himself. There you are up there, so you can see your frame. Just All right. project that way, and you're good. All right, so we got the camera over here? Yep. Over here. All right. Well, guys, how you doing? Uh, well, my full name's Alvaro Subawaga. For those of you that don't know me, that's why everybody calls me Mo. Uh, I've been a senior trainer now for only for uh, some good number of years. Uh, love training, love having you guys in, uh, in the classroom and talking about uh, uh, real world scenarios and how we, how we apply our professional practices to the real world and solving problems to help people have better lives and have better homes, safer homes to go to. to. And uh, so we're very, very passionate about that. We like to incorporate not just the remediation that the assessment part of this, but all indoor air quality aspects of the business and, and, and put those uh, into play for, for our homeowners and, and the people that really need us uh, to, to help them out. So I absolutely love what I do, love being here. And uh, I hope that you all join us in all kinds of events and training. I uh, hope you all, the next time we have a convention like this you guys are here with us and uh, on this side of the street well absolutely i mean mo was teaching all morning here and he was having a good time and i think he was one of the first people that got applause <laughs> but it was all good so we appreciate you doing that with us yeah that was fun that was fun as a matter of fact, we ran out of time uh it was up to me i'd still be teaching down there across there and tomorrow you're doing the uh, spanish track tomorrow we're doing spanish track right so we have three spanish classes tomorrow uh we hope to have a really good showing uh on that as everybody knows um spanish speakers are becoming a large part of our industry especially on the labor side uh, one of the uh, one of the statistics that i received recently from one of the 
the software companies, one of the large software companies, is that 25% of the users for that software are Spanish speaking. Uh, so that shows you just how impactful uh, being able to, to uh, train and educate our, our Spanish uh, speakers is, is becoming, and it's going to become even more uh, with how the situation is uh, right now. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you being here. And uh, it's always fun. Awesome. You know, it's good class this morning. And you're going to play again tomorrow. So Absolutely. We'll be around. All right, guys. And I hope to see you in the classrooms. And take care. Thanks. Hey, David. Come on down. <laughs> we have uh, David DeGroff coming in here in his very low key suit that he's wearing i think it takes a nine volt battery but i'm not sure <laughs> i just want to project your voice that way all right <laughs> how are we doing today lance good good uh, why i'm just curious about the colors and that's the best money marketing it's better best marketing money i can get and we got a suit my company colors are bright orange and black and it works well with the industry you know construction safety and everything you know, bonus and benefit, I'll never get hit by a car. That's but other true. Other than that, I'm just drawing eyes and getting people to ask who I am and what I do. Well, what do you do? We do supplemental labor specific to the restoration industry. Uh, my guys did restoration yesterday. We did it today. We're going to go do it somewhere. Okay. I've known restoration my whole life, so that's what they know. And that's basically what we do. Help you guys be more profitable and get the job done and be more profitable. Well, I appreciate you being here and so good for you. It's been good. Getting out and meeting a lot of people, seeing a lot of new products. I always love to come out and uh, support the industry support the events, and just see what's going on. What's new? Well, we appreciate you being here and you're very supportive of our class so we appreciate that well, we appreciate the opportunity and partnership with normie we think very highly of you and um, before i was ever always on call i supported normie from day one and uh, no, we appreciate the support as well with other relationships we thank you very much thank you just want you to know as bright as the suit is it's nothing compared to the shoes he's wearing they eclipse the color of the suit just so you know so maybe when he walks away you'll see we get a flash out we get a yeah <laughs> Come on, get that shoe up here. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. It's good to see you. Thank you. Take care. Oh, let me see. Who else we got floating around here? Uh, Doug? Hey, Doug? You want to say a quick hello? We got uh, Doug Hoffman still here. We have meetings going all around us right now. And uh, just drag him away for a minute. It's Hi. like a, a gaggle of people over there. Yeah. You just got to project crazy. your voice that way and you're good. All right. Uh, hi guys, <laughs> great to be in the room. We're uh, doing a show, having a fantastic show. I don't know what you've talked about. What do I need to talk about? Uh, nothing, just, you know, you're here at the show. We've done a lot of these. We're looking forward to the next one. I had Larry here. We were talking about the upcoming uh, trip to Puerto Vallarta yeah. for the class. Yeah. You know, and it's just, I mean, you're, you've got a gang of people back here. It just dragged you away from for a minute. Yeah, it's been pretty busy. Uh, what's really been interesting to me is the... The amount of people that are here are really high quality people. It's a little different yeah. than some of the shows we do. Some of the shows we do, there are a lot of people, but maybe only a few of them really interested in what we're doing. We've gotten some really great contacts here, and I think it's going to be good as we go forward, building the organization and helping our team develop more classes, yep. uh, better classes, higher level classes. So 
I'm happy. I'm also hungry. Well, I don't know if you can see over there the walking traffic cone. Oh, yeah. yeah that's it. We just had him on here and he even showed everybody his shoes. So, you know, it's, it's just that kind of atmosphere, which is pretty good. Yeah. Now, I, know, I know Darren was here. I don't know where he went either. It looks like uh, Michael's there. Mo's here. Looks like we had a bunch of people. Oh, we got so long. We're going to bring him in. All right. Well, I'll let you do it. All righty. All right. Doug. Thanks, guys. See ya. Hey, Sohan, come on down. Have a seat. Well, it's Roger, but you're talking to a whole bunch of people on all social platforms, so be nice. Don't pick on Roger. This is Sohan. He's, uh, I'm sure if you've come to CE trainings in the past, his name's always out there, and um, you've been getting pretty active with us. Yes, I have been. I've actually joined Normies back in 2018. I just need you to talk loud towards the camera because it jacks out over the noise. Yes, I'm with Normies since 2018. I've done training uh, so far with six different certifications. Yep. And um, Normie, I've done very well for myself in business. I recommend anyone who would like to develop themselves and their business to join Normie because you have a lot more to offer. Um, Normie can guide you and right back as well help you to support yourself. I never regretted joining Normie and I recommend anyone who wants to join us. Well, we appreciate that. Uh, did you attend any of the training tracks here today so far? Not so far because of um, work schedule. I couldn't get okay. it done, but um, I've done a few other training. Okay. Yeah, I didn't see you earlier, but I know we had several courses going. So, But I came in and you know, I've been visiting the booths and recommending to people who are in the area. Stuff like I've actually just done a live reel Having a few other friends. Appreciate that. All right. Well, I thank you. Enjoy. I know they just put food out. You can see everybody's lining up to get involved with some of that important stuff. So, well, it was nice talking to you, Lance. I am so happy to run from Social Environmental. We are based right here in Camera, okay. which is literally a half an hour away from where we are. And, you know, I own the Mole Assessment Speaking of that, with the storm that came through, uh, Ian, hurricane? Yes, hurricane Ian. Uh, how did that affect you in your business? Yes, that was, um, you know, I, was, I am still busy with that because I'm going back there doing some clearance tests. As not, you know, it's now some of the owners are getting money to be able to do work in their homes. They have done remediation work. I've done the pre-testing, so now I have to do the process. So I'll be back there on Friday to do a few over four charges. Yeah, we had a lot of our members that uh, were so busy, they, they were shutting their businesses down because they were committing so far out yes. in jobs. And I actually did some work right here from the historic flooding we had right in Fort Lauderdale. That's right, you had 25 inches of rain in yes. one day. Yes. That was literally, um, some of the homes were two, three or four feet of water, depending on the neighborhood. And a lot of those properties, because it's category three water, Right. They have to literally remove right down even to the tiles because I did some inspections and I found the tiles are still wet after two to three weeks. Nobody can really get the water out. No, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you stopping by. Yes. It was a pleasure. We look forward to seeing you in the smaller classes and see the training. Definitely. And, uh, thanks. Nice to meet you, Lance. And hi, Roger. Hope to hey, see you so on. Hey, so on. How you doing? Not too bad, Roger. Good, good to see you.
you're having fun over here. I, I see the, the poster have my picture on top of my ISSS training we had at the academy over in Sunrise. That's great. <laughs> it's, yeah, he's back there. Thank you very much, guys. All righty, take care. Take care. Lance, uh, Dan's asking, uh, what have you guys seen at the show that's new and good? You, you may have people lined up, but I'm I, sure you know what? we have been so busy here at the booth and between training. I am just trying now to get out and look and see at some of the new stuff that's here. I heard there's some robotic stuff floating around. There's a lot of uh, new companies I haven't seen before. So uh, I'll have more information by tomorrow, hopefully, if I get a chance to uh, see anything. Because today's our later day. We're going to 6.30. So uh, I do see, I think I see another one of our guests that I was trying to get on here. You guys want to give me one moment to uh, flag him down? Sure. Hey, Gavin. Gavin. Okay. Well, I, I had Gavin McGregor Skinner scheduled to come on here and uh, he wandered off someplace. So let me see if I get one or two more guests to come in here while we're still here. I think there's a Q&A in there also to take a look at. Give me one second. Hey, Mike, come on down. We got uh, Mike Mosley here, who's um, our... Um, VP from uh, Best Living as Systems, as he falls in. Just keep your voice up to protect you towards that. So we're talking to our members. We're also live on the other platform. So Fantastic. Yeah. Having a great show here, everybody. Wish you all were here. Uh, introducing uh, the chaos here at the show, the first show that we've had, the chaos. So we're excited about that. Uh, we have all the other technologies, the MCI technology, as you all know, as we all know, is ours exclusively. And it's always fun when you've got an exclusive technology that no one else has that we're incorporating into all the great products from Best Living Systems and Normie. So we're having a great time here. It's a big, big trade show and uh, selling some stuff and having a lot of fun. Wish y'all were here. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I appreciate you being here and doing this, but I need you to do me a favor. Anything. Can you walk? Almost. Right over there and get Gavin and Jeff. I will. I will. Excuse me. Talk away. Go drag him over here. I will. Yeah, there are two more people that I really wanted to uh, bring on here uh, for everybody. Actually, there's two more than that. But unfortunately, they put food out and they are all off in that direction. One of the interesting things is we're in this very large venue, but it's nothing compared to the one that's adjoining our room. Uh, Broward County College is graduating 6,000 students today. So this place is absolutely mobbed with that. And they actually have an area where we're able to take care of that type of uh, volume of people. So we got that going on also. Actually, the registration tables, I've never seen this. They had one whole hallway, just like A through M. And there was an individual table for each letter for just to have the students register and check in. So big uh, event they got going here. So give me one moment. Let's see who pops. Oh, there he is. Gavin, have a seat. Lance. Just watch yourself sitting down. Well, we aren't in Jersey. No, we're not. Just keep your voice going that way so everybody can hear you. So this is Gavin McGregor Skinner. He is the senior director of GBAC? Yes, I am here, the Global Bar Risk Advisory Council, a, a division of ISSA. So how's this show going for you? I see you've been talking to everybody. Oh, this has been wonderful, Lance. It, it's just so important to make contact with people and to listen on how they're doing with their businesses, 
um, you know, the, the number of ideas they've shared, but also the needs and how the, you know, I know you and I and, and Doug have had these conversations that as we hear what people need, our job now is to come up with those solutions and how to deliver them. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a challenge. People are so busy trying to get them into class or to stand still long enough to tell them about what they need to know. It's been difficult, but here they're all coming up to us. Yeah, they, they, they have, Lance, but I think also we've learned from the, you know, the, the, the cohort of people here and the different backgrounds for restoration and remediation and, and other parts of the clean industry is that if we have to de deliver education, so we have to deliver training. Can we do it in a work time? Can we do it to go to evenings? Can we go to weekends? How do we deliver this adult education programs that we have that we put so we're so passionate about? We put so much time and effort in, but delivering in a way that it's it, it, it meets their needs and they actually learn something and it's not just show up and watch and do and a tick in the box, but it actually has real meaningful it has real meaning in their in their business and also their skills and competencies. You know, you and I talked the other day about, you know, the difficulty of getting a large business to send some of their staff someplace for a three or four hour training because they lose the entire day. Yeah. You know, so the possibility of us being flexible and being able to go to these locations is something that we started talking about. And if they have enough people there, it makes sense to do that. It does. And I, I mean, that's a, that's a, going to be a real um, it's going to—it's it's a challenge that we can meet. There's no doubt about it. But I think, as instructors, as teachers, as mentors, um, that agility for us to deliver the material we have, which is good—it's you know years and years of uh, work and experience has gone into it. You know the Normie training courses, the ISSA, the GBAC training courses, and all the other things that we're doing uh, in in webinars and awareness. But to deliver them in a way that fits into you know again the industry's timetable—that's that's a challenge. And from what we're seeing, people are so short-staffed and overworked at the same time that a lot of them are just tired. <laughs> so even getting them in a frame of mind to learn sometimes. Well, I, I think, you know, something like the experience lens, I'm still learning every day on uh, the workforce needs and the deficiencies we have right now. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I really can't put my, my finger on one thing. Um, right, yeah, you know, what is causing it? Uh, again, you know, the demand right now. We've had what Hurricane Ian down here in um, uh, in yeah. Florida, floods here in Florida. People are, you know, there's a yeah. lot of water damage said about that. Yeah, I just spoke with Sohan, one of our members, on our time, and says, you know, uh, in the one storm we just mentioned, they got 25 inches of rain, you know, in one day, and a hurricane Ian, how busy they are. Mo was on before, we talked with him, yeah. how busy he's been, you know, just trying to catch up. You know, people yeah. waiting weeks or sometimes months uh, for help. Yep, and I was just having a conversation today with two ladies who have uh, doing some work in the Fort Myers, sort of Naples area, with, on storm-damaged buildings down there from Hurricane Ian. And, and I was oh, that's great. I'm glad you got the contract. That's fantastic. And, and I talked to him, well, what testing are you doing? And, oh, well, no, no, no. They, 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 the county told us that the water quality is good now. And I went, no, no, I need to see the numbers, the results. You know, are, you, are you testing services? Are you testing the air? Are you, are you evaluating the weaving? Are you looking at the water quality? And as you go about and start doing the remediation, the restoration, all that sort of stuff that's required in all those buildings. Now, it's something I learned this morning that, the, that she told me, the, the lady of her, she's in the company that she runs, that they've been told that, that buildings with more than 50% of damage have to be torn down. We, I've heard that from somebody else talking about that, that they were telling them to just tear them down and start all over. Well, let's go back to 2005 and look at Katrina 
in New Orleans, it took yeah. a long time for that both federal and state government to come come through the insurance money coming. Then if you tear them down, what's the, the strategy to rebuild? Right. right. I mean, your tax base is gone at that point. Oh, well, we saw from Katrina, for the neighborhoods even a year later, that the homes were all gutted out, yep. left wide open to the elements, and nobody lived there because there were no utilities turned back on. Utility companies wouldn't turn the power back on because there was nobody on the street to justify the work to turn it back on. That's and nobody and choice. nobody could move in yeah. because there was no power. It was yeah. the catch twenty two was terrible. Yeah. And uh, we had a few people we were able to talk to that were living in like campers in their driveway that had generators, and they said we, we can't get the power because there's nobody living here. They won't turn the power back on. Yeah, you know, but nobody will live here until the power's turned back, and it, it was crazy. And, and and something like you know the experience here, we all get together now. Yeah. The number of people that have shown me uh, photos and video on their cell phones of their last job, yeah, and they're asking for feedback. They're asking for information. Hey, look at this. I had this challenge here. This is what. I did. What do you think about that? You know, did the, you know, no, not validating they do the right thing. They're, they're experts. They know what they do. They're professionals. But actually, they wanted to share those stories and get some advice from us. I think that I've, I've seen a lot of that over the last couple of days. You know, everybody has those types of stories, you know, big, small, whatever. I mean, I just went and did a uh, assessment for a friend of mine, and it's his company doing work on the project. And it was about a 5,000 square foot job. However, when I got there, it turns out the building's a little bit bigger than that, 270,000 square feet. And they said, no, 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 this is where the complaint is right now. We're not using those areas yet. We're going to. I said, you realize what we're going to have to do? Oh, we know, we know. But you never know what you're going to come across. And, you know, people are calling. They give you their version of what they perceive as the issue. And then you find out the real story. So you got to be prepared for it. You, you do, and and again, see, it's it's a continuous improvement program that you know you and I, um, and all you know, everyone at Normie and nice to say we support through GBAC as well. But the point is, is that as we start to see the different challenges again, this is a, just be, just coming to the experience right now is a great way just to touch base and just give those give the people a little bit of confidence, a little bit of acknowledgement. That's really important. That acknowledgement of what they're doing is the best. You know, it, it, it meets industry best standards. Um, I think that's critical. Uh, one thing that, that I'm a little, a little that I've learned, I'm a little bit surprised about. There's just not enough measurement going on this. Yeah. Um, I, I know you know, normally has got the you know, all the work that you're doing with your annual air quality monitors right now. Um, I just had a, a, a gentleman from his company that you know, uh, his um, restoration company said, look, I'm really trying to use an ATP meter. I've got these other devices. I've got you know, um, a thermal camera. I've got a, a water detector. He's got stuff. But I, I, I just sat down with him for 20 minutes and said, right, tell me how on the job you use the tools that you've invested in. And you can do yeah. better. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And that, that's the problem. You know, we'll have people that'll buy equipment or new technologies and never read the directions. You know, well, I just turned it on. I pressed the button. It was doing stuff. Well, what was it doing? Well, stop. <laughs> you know, you got to worry about it. I mean, I have uh, one of the new monitors here from IQI uh, from the uh, doctor kit. And I don't know if you can see it, it's kind of glaring here. But this is the type of technology that's brand new. And it's got to be one button simple. Yep. And that's what this newest version is. And this is going to be coming out within the next few weeks, available to our assessors and remediators. 
to monitor environments. I mean, right now I'm monitoring two locations here in the trade show hall and one outside by the front desk for registrations. Just to get an idea, and you were talking about how important it is to track that kind of stuff just through the white papers on groups like this. Uh, to un yeah, as we try to help people understand the science behind commissions, um, I, I, you know, again, I'm going to a, uh, I'm doing giving a keynote next week at a hospital conference in Tennessee, and again, there, there are some so many questions about VOCs in hospitals. I went, I thought you, I thought you guys had a handle on this. I thought you knew this stuff. No, no, no. You know, we we don't really pay a lot of attention to VOCs in our, even in hospital situations. So, um, it's really important we start to you know look at your your air quality doctor here, your monitor here, because we get real time results and start to quantify. The, the, the workplaces we're working in so that we can address as we do our work throughout the day. Um, yeah, there'll be spikes, there'll be changes, but more importantly, does it go back down to an acceptable level? You, you know, you, you mentioned about VOCs and, and hospitals and people don't realize it. I'm still on a volunteer from state squad. Yep. Uh, I'm an EMT for forever. And we're riding with the paramedics now in, in other states, wherever you are, EMTs do work like paramedics. In New Jersey, they don't. But the paramedics we had somebody on board. They were having a pair of heart attack. They take out the nitro spray and they test it in the air. We're in a confined space in the ambulance just spraying nitroglycerin in the air for everybody to breathe. And then they give it to the patient to make sure that it was spraying correctly before they gave it to so, But the rest of us are breathing that. So, yeah. No concern over VOCs in the air. Now, you and I have had a lot of conversations, Lance, um, about the emergency services, the first responders. Um, yeah. We've talked about police cars. We've talked fire engines. We've talked about ambulances. Um, yeah, there's a there's a lot of improvement. There's a lot of continuous work that we could do uh, to to make you know, it's safer for any user of those vehicles. But then we can take that information. I know I know that you know we can take the information. We can apply it to the inside of a plane, a train, or a bus. Um, and, and again, just just to you know, without measurement, without measurement, we really can't say whether um, where we are, where we're sitting right now, is safe and healthy. And I think if there's one thing the pandemic has, has shown us, we have to move away from best guess. Yeah. Data, data, data. It would be great, wouldn't it? Absolutely brilliant. You know, you know as I, I, we talked on that panel with, with Doug and Larry Cooper, uh, Jim Manis, Jeff Jones, and Barry Foster yesterday. And uh, yeah, we showed that on our cell phones, if you go to the weather app, you can look at the outdoor air quality. Right. But yesterday we were here all day, so we spent nearly 100% indoors, and not one of us could tell what the air quality was. You had to remind me that I'm in Fort Lauderdale and I haven't been outside in the sun yet. Well, they tell me the beaches over there, but I haven't seen the Atlantic Ocean at all since I've been here. But we'll definitely get there before we go. But it's just so important that yeah, we've got we all carry mobile phones, cell phones. We've got real-time data on outdoor air quality and we're in this environment now with wonderful people doing great things and i haven't got a clue what the air is like here at the moment well i can tell you that the uh, particulate levels which yep. is great you know we're down at 2.5 and 10 um particulate matter size and we're down to three and four you know microns cubic meters so it's really good so it's giving us right here with your, your real-time device here right now with your air quality doctor lens it's giving us that that that, that real-time visual information that we're, we're we're relatively in a safe environment right now. 
Absolutely. I mean, our CO2 level is a little bit high because the two of us are talking yep. right at the device. But other than that, I mean, it's really good. Uh, temperature's good. Relative humidity's good. So you can breathe. Like yeah, we've got some good in there. We've got uh, VOC measurements in here as well, which is, again, it's, it's, it's all of us are trying to work in a way that uh, what becomes part of our day-to-day -day operations is making that invisible visible. And then through our work that we do, address those numbers we get, um, yep. as well as you know, do the job we have, you know, you know, do the mold remediation, you know, fix the water damage. Um, but also yeah, understand that as we do our work, those numbers are going to change and we have to you know, use the right personal protective equipment um, and just the right uh, methodologies and approaches to, to maintain that environment to be safe. Well, the, the next piece that will go along with that is what we call essential personnel or essential employees. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I know that's been a passion of yours. It's, it's critical. It's absolutely critical. And then, uh, you know, you, you you know that I you know I work in a lot of hospitals, Lance. So I have hospital I have hospital ID cards that actually say on the back of it, in you know in times of a crisis, emergency, disaster, I can get through the roadblocks. So I can get out now because I'm designated as an essential employee. My biggest concern right now is there's so many people within our huge industry, within the different verticals, the different areas that we work in, restorers or mediators, cleaning professionals, that don't have that designation as essential. And I think that's that's the goal, my mission in, in, in the life, the work that I do uh, through GBAC and ISSA and in, in our relationship, our partnership with Normie, is if I can get that recognition going, everyone is essential. That's that's the that, that would be that would be. Uh, it, it sounds easy. It's not, but if we can get that, that would be a huge success for us. Well, I mean, the example that you gave that you know was just shocking was you as an employee of the hospital are designated as an essential employer, essential personnel, but the cleaning staff wasn't. Yeah, that 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 time in April 2020. When Washington DC brought in their curfew for, for COVID-19, it was the first time we had a bit of a lockdown and a curfew and everyone had to be off the streets at 8 p.m. at night. I was in the hospital training the staff on infection prevention and cleaning and disinfection techniques. And I walked out at 8.15 and I got grabbed by two policemen. And they said, what are you doing? I went, didn't you just see me come out of the hospital? <laughs> I'm heading home. And they said, no, it's 8.15, you know, only essential people were allowed on the street. And I looked over my shoulder and 15 of the cleaning staff that I had just trained were coming out. And I said to the police officer, the 15, they're all with me. All of them. I can vouch for them. They're, they don't have any ID. They can't show that they're essential, but they're all with me. And I went, we can't do that. We can't continue doing that every every time the shift changes. It's impossible. No, but even the, the thought process behind that, you have to have the doctors, you have to have the nurses, you have to get medical care, but you can't clean the building, which causes more infections than anything else. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Isn't, isn't that just something then? And it's not just in healthcare, not just in hospitals. It's in hotels, it's in first responders, fire, ambulance, police. Um, it's in the convention center here. It's in our airports. That the fact that we still aren't seeing um, the work that we do every day as being critical, essential part of our critical infrastructure, which is what you know, Homeland Security has their critical infrastructure protection program. We've got to be on that list. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you stopping by. I know you got a zillion other people to talk to. 
And uh, we had a bigger gaggle here. I think they finally realized we were broadcasting <laughs> and they kind of drift away. Plus it was food out, so they all migrated that way. So No, I think, it, I think you know, for, for everyone listening and watching today, look, we've had a chance to have some face-to-face -face contact, but again, it is essential for what we do as humans. Um, but more importantly, it's, it's um, we've had a chance to share our stories, our photos, our videos. But more important, those of you online that aren't here, maybe can't get away from work, there's still ways and forums that you know, Lance manages, ways to share your story, but also for us to provide feedback and provide help in any way that we can. Absolutely. Thanks, mate. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah, thanks, Lance. Take care. Well, I think that's going to be about it for today. It's a little bit shorter than normal, but we are definitely testing the... Uh, the spirits here of uh, technology. So I don't want to push my luck. I want to thank everybody for joining us, especially all those people out there besides our Zoom room, people on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitch, Twitter, um, Ustream, DLive, and Normie.tv, and all the other places that we show up. We appreciate you being here and watching. We'll be back here next Tuesday. 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central with our recertification credits and our CE training. So until then, everybody, thank you very much. I'm going to ask uh, everybody in our Zoom room to stand by for a minute while I shut down our external feed, and I will be right back. And we are back in the room. We have shut down the live feed. I want to thank everybody for their patience today. It's been a little bit difficult here. It's very loud, a lot of activity. And uh, hope you got a little bit of a glimpse of some of the people that we're dealing with and uh, the passion that some of them have for what's going on here. Roger, was there anything I missed in there? Any comments or questions? No, sir. Had a request to turn the camera around, but I explained that we uh, have had some challenges with the technology, and that might not be your favorite thing to do. Maybe a closing... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess I could probably stand up and hold the camera up and turn it real quick, but you're only going to see part of it. We're at the uh, end of the whole show, kind of where a lot of the activity takes place, and then the rows and rows are going in the other direction. And the but, food's uh, out. I heard you correctly. Uh, we're going to buy the food. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's important. Let me uh, stand up real quick and turn the camera, and then I will uh, at the ending of the night. So hold on one second. All right. Thanks. Let's see what we can do here. I don't know if you're able to see anything. Yeah, yeah go. pretty good shot. Pretty good shot. You know, then uh, come back here. There's a lot of people, a lot of strange people wandering around. <laughs> Sometimes it's just no words. <laughs> so with that being said, I want to thank everybody for spending time here and uh, see you all next week. Travel safe. All righty. Take care. Thank you, everybody.